0: Of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy, there is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers!
1: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Welcome to another episode of Delirious Nomads. These guests just keep amazingly that they're going to spend their time with us, their valuable time. The guests keep getting bigger. The stories keep getting larger than life. I'm sure today will be no different. We have guitar legend Gary Holt from Exodus and Slayer with us, um, and he's here the um, Dude, you got so much going on. Thank you for taking the time to be with us.
2: Ah, uh, no worries, man. Um, I did most of the cleaning of the property from the bomb cyclone yesterday, so <laughs> I'm not done. But I was working hard yesterday. How long was the storm? Oh, uh, it rained like hard, nonstop, massive wind, and for 24 straight hours, never stopped. Lost power for two or three hours, but uh, other than that, I survived. There, I saw some trees knocked over in the areas near my place and uh i lucked out on that that end of things you know nothing fell over nothing got blown away or swept away bomb cyclone is there a band called bomb cyclone? there should be a band called bomb cyclone yeah <laughs> hmm <I didn't> Think.
0: <laughs> side project
1: <laughs> so lots of stuff happening with you you got a new record with exodus coming out yeah all the singles are amazing dude Really great stuff. How'd that come together? How When did you guys start recording that guy? Was it over the, the pandemic or or what?
2: Yeah, we gathered up at um, Tom Hunting's place up in the mountains last uh, July. Tom and I just started, got together in a room, half stack at a drum kit and started bashing out all these riffs and stuff I had. And we, um, you know, the pandemic was good for us in that aspect. You know, we had nothing else to do. The only thing we can control was, you know, music. And uh, so we shipped in an entire recording studio and built the studio in the mountains and isolated ourselves, surrounded by forest fires
0: and made an album. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. It's awesome. And Tom was sick while you were figuring that all out?
2: Well, we didn't know what was going on with him at that time. Um, He was getting tests done for unexplained weight loss, but he felt fine. But, you know, like the guy's the size of Paul Bunyan. And, you know, at one point, you know, he was weighing less than I do, you know, which isn't right. But he played his ass off not knowing what was wrong. It wasn't until I think around February this year that he finally got the proper diagnosis. He's doing okay now? He's doing great. I mean, we just played our first show back with him at Aftershock Festival, and he completely destroyed. The crowd gave him this rousing welcome back, very emotional. The band was just following his lead that day. Just crushing shows. Awesome. That's amazing. How How was John Tempesta? good buddy of mine john's doing good he filled in for us you know and those shows were fun we flew out rick you from for both of them and we kind of turned it into like a you know an exodus uh welcome back jam session kind of thing and it was it was a lot of fun johnny was super nervous you know he hasn't played this kind of stuff in a long time
1: yeah 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 so how does that work do you guys do how many rehearsals would you put in with with john for to, to do a show like that
2: Shit, i flew down to johnny's and um we jammed in his little music room. You know, he's got a little electronic kit. We jammed for a couple afternoons. Then we had a rehearsal in Vegas the day before uh, the Vegas show, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Wow. Hey, he was in the band for years. You should remember this shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's the, what's the practice? You know, what's practice?
1: Right. Uh, that's awesome. I love that kid. I love him.
2: Yeah, me too. He's a great guy.
1: We're uh, kind of neighbors. We hang out. We hang out sometimes when, when we have time. He's he just, you can't be with that guy and not just crack up the whole afternoon.
2: Nah, he's awesome. I love him. So what's the big
1: plan? You know, when, when is the record actually coming out?
2: November 19th comes out. Um, the plan was, I actually, I'd be on tour right now, but we decided to postpone our tour with Testament and Death Angel to next year, just because so many bands are out there right now. And, you know, tours are getting like postponed canceled missed shows due to the testing protocols you know and like you know and i'm certainly pro vaccine and i i raced out and got it first second i could i contemplated cheating but you know (laughs) i thought better of it but you know the thing is like vaccinated or not if you're out on tour and there's mandatory testing and you feel as well as i do right now and you test positive you're you're out get out of here you know And if that happens to, you know, Chuck Billy or myself or Zetch or anybody, the tour is basically over and, and we're now in debt. I'd rather not make money than owe money.
1: Sure, of course.
2: So it sucks. You know, I'd be like two weeks into the tour right now. First tour since the pandemic, you know, it is what it is. I can't control it. Did you announce dates for the reschedule or you're just kind
1: of in a holding pattern right now?
2: All the rescheduled dates are announced. They're all in the same cities. So you, know, we made sure to get it done that way. We didn't want people to have to get refunds unless, you know, they said, you know, fuck those guys. We don't want to go now. But You know, like sometimes you reschedule a tour and the dates don't line up anymore and due to availability or whatever. But every city is rebooked. Everybody can keep their ticket and just go in April through May.
1: So when you talk about that package specifically, right, Exodus Testament, Death Angel, you know, I remember discovering all those bands and probably... 84 85 you know my failed attempt at a a fanzine back in like 85 86 had me interviewing chuck billy i remember because i was i probably came up to his knee at that point in my life
2: (laughs) he's a big guy
1: (laughs) so he's such a great guy and he, he really was like super patient with my 15 year old self Listening to my dumb questions, probably just as you are now, actually. It's all come full circle. But, but, you know, but you think about it, like, you know, it's going on? You you started or you joined Exodus like in 81. Is that right? 80,
2: 81, something like that. Been so long, you know, memory's fogging. 40 years, yeah.
1: So I guess it's a two-part question. Could you imagine then that you'd be doing this now? And then what do you attribute to the staying power of this music that it's still... Popular as, as it is, and that you could, you know, do these huge tours, and that you just played aftershock in front of what forty thousand
2: people or something, something like that. I mean, you know, did I foresee that I'd still be here all these years later? Yes and no. You know, the young me like saw visions of like you know living the life and rock star and blah 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 and. You know, and like, it was going to be awesome because I just played my first club. <laughs> like, but, um, you know, 40 years is a long time to be playing this kind of music. But, you know, I think it's longevity is because
0: the music is uh, honest, We've never faked anything. What does it feel like with like Aftershock getting reunited with Tom Hunting? You know, like you've been playing with him for 40 years, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. How does it feel to get to have like a live reunion with someone like that, even after like I know obviously there's a long relationship with John, but it's got to feel like special to have someone like that back in.
2: Tom Hunting is the other complete half to my musical life, you know, even though, you know, there have been times, you know, due to health issues, he hasn't been here, you know, I mean. First time we hung out, you know, he got arrested for shoplifting. When he, you know, when we
0: wait, wait, tell me the story. What's what's going on? Break this down.
2: All right, I knew Tom because we lived on the opposite sides of uh, Davis Park in San Pablo, and I rode motocross with all these kids on his street. You know, and I'd always hear some drumming coming on, and I'd see him around, but I didn't really know him that well. And the first time. We actually hung out. We went into Alpha Beta to steal beef jerky and caps, you know, for cap guns, you know. He used to take the whole roll and drop a huge brick on it. It's like a cherry bomb, you know, boom. How old were you? I was like probably 16. He was like 15 or something like that. Okay. I was outside waiting for him and he just wasn't coming out. And I just, I, fuck it, I'm leaving him. I'm out of here. And he had gotten nabbed. <laughs> His mom still loves me. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> you know when i write a riff he's the drummer that's in my head when i write it you know it's like i we have a language an unspoken language that can't be replicated you know and so playing a show back with him after this battle that we all went through with him it was emotional you know it was hard not to to lose it for a couple seconds but we just poured it out on the stage instead of like instead of getting all teary-eyed we just got angry and just crushed some fools <laughs>
1: That's great. What's great, great to hear that he's doing better. And it's incredible that he's come back so fast and is crushing shows already. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. You know, he, it ended up, uh, he was scheduled for follow up chemo after a surgery. You know, they give you enough time to heal, obviously. And uh, he didn't need it. You know, they just put him on some immunotherapy stuff. And uh, he's doing great. It's fantastic.
1: So stoked. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. So, so you joined Exodus. You didn't start it, right?
2: I joined the band. Um, replacing uh, a guitar player named Tim Agnello who was in the band before I was. and But the band had been operating as a three piece for a while with like Tom singing and playing drums, even Hammett singing a little bit, which was really awful. I wish I oh. had video. <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> First time I ever saw Kirk, they played in uh, my high school band room because we went to different high schools and uh, he's, they played and he sang on uh, Scorpions, another piece of me vocals were not very good, but I loved it. It was so rad. The song was so killer.
1: So I guess that's the question, right? Is like, how did you start playing? Why metal? Why this
2: kind of metal? Um, How did it all start? Um, You know, that's, that's a hard question. I guess you just took influences, you know, the stuff we like. And I always gravitated towards the super hard rock, you know, the heavier and the harder, the better. And then you're like discovering things like Judas Priest and songs like Exciter and and all that kind of stuff. And the first Maiden album. And then, you know, the hardcore punk, the British hardcore was like a huge influence on me as far as like the aggression and speed. You've played on every Exodus record right from the
1: beginning. You You never left
2: the band, right? No, never. Only for my little journeys with Slayer. But, you know, I never left the band. I just wasn't always there.
1: Right, right. Other than the current period, like, what would you say? What was your favorite period with
2: the band? The Bonded by Blood era, you know? Kids out with our first album, first tour, we're touring with Venom, our heroes, you know, playing the Hammersmith Odeon in London and cruising around Italy trying attempting to fish in these canals in Florence you know it was awesome day off we saw fish we went and bought lines and hooks and tried to catch fish you know what were we going to do with them I didn't know (laughs) we probably found a way to cook it (laughs) but we could see them we're walking above the canals, like there's fish down there let's go fishing you know it's pretty awesome that's funny I've never thought to do that in Italy (laughs) fish in the canal we were just living the life you know we're selling the shirts off our backs to fans to, like, make more drinking money. <laughs> Fun, good times.
1: Going into the current record, which, again, I love, love the songs I've heard. I mean, it more than holds up than with anything you guys have ever done your whole career. You'll, you'll do the tour with Death Angel and Testament, and then there are, are there larger plans for more festivals and things like that? Or are you guys already thinking about a new record? or
2: No, nah, we got a tour for a couple of years on this thing first. Once touring resumes... You know, we have a whole festival run book for Europe that was booked for last year. And, you know, it's just shoved forward. And hopefully all that, you know, goes as planned. But
0: I don't see any reason why not, you know. And we're just going to you know, hopefully resume our touring lifestyle, you know. Because you've been doing this, you know, obviously there was a break in the 90s um, when you went and did war dance. What keeps you going back on the road and keeps you hungry to, like, keep touring?
2: I love I love it. You know, playing live—that's that's my fuel. And um, you know, I mean, I have a whole other side of me, and that's the husband, father, grandfather that likes to sit at sit at home and play with the grandkids and cruise around the property, you know, chopping shit up. <laughs> you know like you um know, i love that but you know playing live that's why i do it you know a couple of things make me super happy and that's gigs and riffs you know love it how many kids and grandkids do you have two two of each yeah one boy one girl got it you don't
1: look like a grandfather you look great for your age
2: man uh, i'm i'm the i'm that cool grandpa <laughs> <laughs> you know lets him beat on his guitars and shit yeah so slayer 18 year run Did you ever see that coming? Me, no. I was just short of ten years. Oh, I thought. Oh, really? I thought it was a longer, longer period. Ten, you know, just short of ten years. If we had made it to February of this year, it'd been ten years. Got it. But um, yeah. What a what an experience it was. As much fun as I'd ever had, you know. Slayer and my family, family number two, and uh, they always treated me like family from the day one. You know, we're old friends from childhood, and and, uh, it was a good time. You know. Say the last final show was a sad moment, you know, kind of like fighting off tears while playing Angel of Death. Who'd ever thought that happened,
1: right? Know? <laughs> you know, fighting off tears while just watching you guys do it, I I can relate completely. Um,
2: but um, you know, it it gave me gave me a lot of great things being in Slayer. But you know, I miss being in Exodus. You know, it's my family number one. You know, and uh, I was I was back on tour within two months of ending Slayer
0: you know when you went and did the Slayer thing from my perspective as a fan it felt like that sort of made more people aware of Exodus which I thought was awesome did you get that same impression that that was like a good thing for Exodus
2: yeah absolutely you know the band totally supported me in doing it you know they understood it was a good thing for me and a good thing for the band and it's certainly like Increased their profile i mean i still this day don't know why i have as many instagram followers as i have (laughs) all i do is post kittens and shit and offensive (laughs) t-shirts but you know um i just try to keep it entertaining and drama free but um yeah it was good for the band and hopefully the new album will be a uh, get a nice kick from it how like was it difficult to juggle
1: touring cycles or writing records and touring with Slayer at the same time
2: yes totally totally I mean on the last Exodus album we were you know I was in Europe and we were trading vocal tracks you know via Dropbox you know and the communication level you know there's a big delay because you're not sitting in the same room talking about what you want to achieve you're having to like write it out or phone calls and then wait for the the redone version to come back and it was difficult and i often failed at it as far as juggling too you know it's like um the band toured with you know craig and loom filling in for me many times you know and um but it kept the band active you know rather than sitting around dormant waiting for me to return
1: right so it must have been nice to be able to write this record and much more stable kind of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We all gathered in the mountains. It was like summer camp and we just uh, isolated ourselves, but that's the way we like to work anyway. We don't like going to a normal studio and fighting traffic there and back every day. We'd rather build a studio and live there and, and record and write and barbecue. <laughs>
1: yeah. Listen, <laughs> next, next next record when you're doing that, just, just have me come up for a couple of days and I'll do
2: the barbecue. And, Fuck yeah, we'll do it because you know we're never going back to the traditional way of recording. I mean, we have we haven't in years, but this time we did the drums as well in our own studio. Usually, we'd uh, you know book regular studio time because you need a lot more equipment for the drums. But we just shipped it all in. It just said fuck it, we don't need a studio for anything. Nice, and it sounds great. No, it's amazing yeah i mean we shipped in a ton of gear we had no shortage of inputs and mics and stuff
1: right 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 um
2: let's talk about cats yeah (laughs) i'm a cat lover who doesn't own a cat (laughs) you don't have one i do not have a cat that's surprising to me my you know i come really close about a thousand times during this pandemic but um you know, my last cat, you know, my wife was working. I was touring all the time and he was getting very neurotic. You know, he's being left alone all the time. And so we rehomed him with a really good friend of mine who has a, you know, like a seven year old son. It's a Buffy. The gender fluid cat is super happy now. I'm um, gender fluid because we thought he was a girl and we named him Buffy and he's a boy. But um, <laughs> my gr- the father of my grandson, uh, he's super allergic to cats. Like if he comes if I had a cat and he was to come over, he's just gonna close up immediately. Can't breathe, eyes watering, and you know it's just kind of. I'd rather have him and the my grandkids come over over all the time rather than have a cat. So. Right, 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 right. No, that makes sense. That's
1: weird that how some people are so allergic to cats
2: yeah he immediately shuts up dogs too so i can't have a dog oh really (laughs) matt you're a cat person aren't you
0: yeah i have um my roommate has a cat and then my parents have sort of stolen my cat from me but that's probably for the better but okay i wanted to kind of change tack i had sort of a weird line of questioning just because you're really interesting to me because of your place in sort of the thrash metal scene having really been a formative part in shaping it and having been a part of the underground for so long. So, you know, recently there's obviously been a lot of noise around the Metallica 30th anniversary of the black album. Right. Mm -hmm. You were like in a band with that guy. What did it feel like to hear that record and be like, Oh, this guy I used to play like, you know, bonded by blood with is now making, you know, hard rock. Like, what was that?
2: well for one he he never played bonded by blood or that stuff all came after
0: he left right right but that's when like sorry but you know what i meant
2: yeah i mean yeah that guy is in the who i used to take acid with all summer long is in the biggest
0: metal band of all
2: time (laughs) yeah like what did
0: that feel like it's all that happened like that must have been weird
2: no i love kirk and i couldn't be happier for him you know i'm not that guy who ever sits around and wastes any energy and like oh i should have been this big and i'm totally
0: happy for him no of course well i'm not implying a jealousy thing just like that's kind of strange that you eat acid with someone all summer and then suddenly
2: And we did. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, I don't really think about that sometimes. You know, yes, they're the biggest metal band ever and one of the biggest rock bands ever. You know, I mean, maybe as far as hard rock, if you categorize them in that, only ACDC stands above them. You know? Sure. I don't really think of it like he's still just Kirk, you know? So I still just think of the guy who I had to tell him to go run around in the sprinklers because he was falling asleep. With this contact still in, you know, you can't go to sleep with those in. Go <laughs> wake up, you know, we're frying on mushrooms.
0: <laughs> when did you start taking acid? And when did you stop? Or have you stopped?
2: Oh, I stopped a long, 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 long decade. I'd be terrified taking now. But yeah, it was
0: our go to. We loved it.
2: Psychedelics. You learn everything you need to know about a guitar. Just take acid, and play.
0: <laughs> it's just interesting because I feel like the acid, you were taking in 1982 is very different than the acid I was taking in 2012. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm always just curious how that must have been. You
2: know, I mean, we would party, you know, we'd go down to Berkeley and sell a couple of records and uh, go to people's park and buy acid and a 12 pack of beer. And we were good to go for the next 18 hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my. That must've been crazy sort of in that post hippie diaspora going on at the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was nuts, you know, but we were young and foolish and did a lot of stupid shit. You know, that's probably one of them, but um, I have no ill effects that I know of. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) 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 Go away. Leave me alone. It's been a long time. I don't hallucinogenics never worked for me back in the day. It just, I've got a really slow metabolism. So they would always take a long time for some reason to kick in. So I convinced myself that whatever I had taken wasn't working. And then the next thing you know, like, I'm up for two days and just want it to stop.
2: I as fuck. Yes, it is. That happens, you know. I had a couple couple of close calls where I started crossing that line from reality to fantasy. Yeah. Uh, as long as you don't, you're okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, okay, so that's interesting. You said something interesting before about how all you need to know about playing gu- guitar comes from psychedelics. Was Acid, like very influential on the early Exodus sound? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I, know, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Well, I mean, Eddie
2: was, like... Van Halen says he learned to play on acid. And I know when, like, when I'd return home after those really good nights, I'd pick up the guitar and, like, some crazy shit would come out. Of course, I didn't have any of it recorded. It's probably a mess. I don't know. It felt like liberating, but it seemed like, you know, like in the days that follow, um I'd be really inspired. So maybe that had something to do with it.
0: No. I was, yeah. I was just curious if there was some sort of like psychedelic epiphany that had fueled a bunch of this.
2: I know, you know, it, it, um, it would definitely, um, spark the creative flow, you know,
1: for sure. When did you first pick up a guitar? Like why guitar as opposed to say drums or any other instrument? I,
2: I always wanted to play guitar. You know, I'm the youngest of six and my parents, uh, never thought I'd stick with it. Cause you know, we had a piano that was basically a mantle, you know, to put photos on cause no one played it anymore. And, and this and that and i just always wanted to learn to play and um, i never had the opportunity and then uh when i got to know kirk if and uh first um hung out with kirk and we became immediate friends and uh he showed me a few chords and a couple of licks and i and loaned me some really shitty old montgomery wards guitar and i took it home and practiced and uh, six months later i was in exodus
1: really six months yeah six months Crazy. oh my god That's pretty. That's kind of amazing. No,
2: back in the Bay Area when we first like hit the club scene, it was like, um, you know, I don't. By then, we were playing clubs, I'd only been playing like a year, and like it was a big deal. Like, you ever see this guy, he's like only been playing 12 months and he's just kicking ass. You know, I should be a whole lot better now (laughs) considering how good I got fast. (laughs) Somewhere along the line, I fucked up and slowed down. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, you're just, you're still pretty good, my man. You're still pretty good. I don't know actually how you play, you know, when I think about the Slayer shows because I you know, I probably saw about 20 of your Slayer shows and maybe eight in the last tour. Um, I don't know how you play and move the way you do. I mean, you're like you're you're you you've you're fucking running all over the place. Your fucking head's going up and down. You never look at it, what you're doing. I mean, how do you do that? I don't get it. I mean, a lot of a lot of guitar players do that, but you take it to another level.
2: It's just natural, you know, and running around. I don't run around with Slayer. That looks silly. Oh, I'm <laughs> Maybe for to Slayer, talk- it's running around a little bit. I don't know. Um, Exodus, you know, we run into each other, but that would, like, <laughs> Carrie would get mad at me if I ran into him. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just do, I'm doing what the music's telling me to do, and that is move, you know? just uh, I see other guys on stage playing, like, Hall of Fame level riffs and and not moving and I it makes me mad. I'm like, how can you not? What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Bang that fucking head, dude. Yeah, you what you do though, you take it to another level. Your neck must be like super strong.
2: <laughs> it's a, it's the only joint on my body that's not a disaster. <laughs> <Is there really? laughs> my ankles are totally shot, my knees are shot, you know, my elbows are a total disaster, but my neck and my shoulders are okay. All
1: right. Well, you're doing my back's right
2: fucked up. up. Yeah. I'm a mess, except for the where it matters most. How, and how old are your kids? Do they play? or I don't know how old they are. No, they don't play. My oldest is 28, and youngest is uh, 22. Oh, okay. I have to, there's three girls. I have to do the math, work backwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't play, though? No, no, they don't. Gotcha. Okay.
2: I mean, my oldest, she has a gu- couple of guitars, and she plays around, but, you know, she's an animator, not a musician. Oh, that's cool.
1: So still, still doing something artistic though. So there you go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's doing quite well. She lives down in Burbank and works on cartoons. And you still
1: you, like, as you, you know, as you've gotten a little older or whatever, you still love touring and never get, it doesn't get boring for you or homesick or, you know, what's your relationship? With touring.
2: I love playing. I love playing. I love hanging out on days off with my bandmates, you know, um, but I don't love being away from home anymore. You know, like I'm 57, you know, I, that part of me would rather be home with my wife and grandkids and my kids when I can see them. And, um, but you know, I, I do love being on stage. That's kind of why we do it. So I don't spend all my time sitting around like whining about it. It's what I do and I got to deal with it, you know?
1: And you seem like you're going to do this for a long time. just like, you don't have like, Oh, I'm done in a couple of years. Kind of a thing about you, right. You're going to just keep going.
2: As long as the net keeps moving, I'm going to keep going.
0: <laughs> what, what, else, what else am I going to do? In terms of keeping going, you know, there's obviously been a lot of noise about you and Carrie King doing stuff going forward. Is that something you can talk about or no? I
2: don't know anything about it. And I'm telling you that okay. Satan's honest truth. You know, people keep talking and oh, I heard about this band, like news to me, bro. I'm, got a new album coming out and i'm going to be quite busy with my original band and um i'm sure whatever carrie does is going to be awesome but it doesn't involve me it's just okay. that's speculation i don't know where
0: people get the shit good to know appreciate the insight yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i've heard heard a lot of rumors attributed to carrie and i don't think i don't think most of them are true actually but yeah
0: almost none yeah yeah always well, forget you know him super well too, Chris right
1: yeah 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 no yeah but he's but he's keeping it under the vest too I mean we've talked a little bit about what he's doing next I have a little bit of um inside information but it's very little like he's keeping it pretty close to the vest so yeah which yeah cool I think he doesn't talk much <laughs> yeah. and it's and that's cool because it's when it when it when he finally does come out with something you know it's because it's it's gonna I think it's gonna really surprise people and that's gonna work to his
0: to his favor right for sure it'd be hard the Cary King acoustic ballads. No, I'm sorry. I don't think I said so. the Carrie King acoustic. I, I ballads. don't think. So. No, <laughs> I doubt it.
1: But here's a question: like, Do you do you think that Slayer really is done?
2: That they I, do so. I think so. I think they're done. done forever. And November 30th, 2019, was the final show. 30th, or was it 29th?
1: 30th, because well, cause 30th, we 29th, all and 30th. Yeah, y'all had shows. Thanksgiving at my at my restaurant the night before. Yeah, 24. we did. Two nights before.
2: And um, yeah, I think that was the last show and um, enjoy it. Watch the videos, go to YouTube because that's all you're ever going to get.
1: Yeah, it's really amazing. I mean, if they if they can stick to that, you don't see that that often, right? You see bands that say that they're done, but then they come back or whatever. But I get the same vibe that they're that they're not going to come back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I saw the Scorpions on their farewell tour like 15 years ago. No, oh, right. out a new album. The second one since then. The world is a better place with the Scorpions in it. Let me say that first. But yeah, you know, it's like. Molly crew, you know, like, uh, we're breaking up, we're gonna sign this contract in blood or whatever that session to of touring. With. Fucking and contract. within a year, they blew that thing up, and the pandemic blew it up basically. Now, and you know, the world's a better place with Molly crew in it, you know. Vince Neal just broke his
1: ribs, from what I understand.
2: Yeah, yeah, I saw the video, he fell square off the front of stage. Ouch, oh, Jesus, uh-huh. I've broken some ribs. It ain't no fun, it's not. I have as well.
0: Is that still a priority for you seeing sort of the classic bands you grew up with and many of whom you've kind of played with at this point
2: yeah i mean if the band if the band can play at a high level why stop scorpions are still killer molly Cruz, killer vince needs to get in shape yeah maybe he will you know i just saw this morning an interview with nikki six is talking about how uh, the bands owe it to their fans to like uh not go out on stage out of shape with a beer big beer belly and like I think he said that in that at one person in particular. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Vince fucking Neil, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Hopefully he'll get it together. It's going to be a huge, big tour, I man. Get a trainer, hire a trainer, and get shit together. It's a master tour. And he'll sound
1: better. And you know, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I've been some. I, I've, I'm somebody who struggled with my weight over the last, you know, being on TV and struggling with your weight. It's not fun, you know.
2: No, I go up and down all the time. Yeah, I like it better when I go down. You know.
1: Yeah, I hope he. Uh, I hope he gets it together. It'll be. It'll be great. It'd be yeah. great if he come out and slay.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you don't got to retire, Molly Crew. Come on, make another album. And how many farewell tours um, have Kiss had? at this point you know what i mean a ton (laughs) and
1: there's still a lot of fun to see live
2: but yeah that all that being said um to all of the knowledge i have slayer is done and that's it
1: why do you think that um and it's great but why do you think that the most successful bands of the genre of music that we're talking about that you're in are the bands that came out in the 80s and there aren't you know there's you know where's the new blood you know what i mean there's very few new bands that are moving the needle and yet there are bands like exodus that are plus 40 you know 40 plus years in about to put out what sounds to me to my ears like maybe one of their best records ever like why is that the way it goes
2: i don't know maybe i'm um, just experienced and um we're the creators of this shit and um we've also learned from our mistakes and uh learned you know late in life how to like Correct those mistakes and um perfect our craft. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's all I can think of. And uh, as far as our new album, you ain't heard anything yet. <laughs> you haven't heard shit. The singles are killer; they're awesome. But you know, we haven't even we haven't even dropped the like bombs. You know, like the album opener is the second longest song on the album. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> November 19th, I can't, I can't wait Yeah, it's, it's, it's crushing Front to back, there's not a moment on the album That's not just completely 100% solid It makes me so
0: happy, I cannot wait to hear it Through all of this conversation, I just love seeing how much Passion you have for this still So deep into it, that's really encouraging
2: I love this shit, I mean The albums we make, you know, not even Just referring to the new one, can't be made If you're not in love With this shit, our shit gets harder To play I mean it's like much harder to play, much more demanding physically. And um, and then you couple that with the fact that I refuse to go out there and stand and play, you know. Um, you know, I'm not making life easy on myself or none of us, but we love doing it. I love this shit.
0: Absolutely. I'm in love with thrash metal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I mean someone's gotta be in love with it, right? It's that ugly stepchild of heavy metal.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're one of the you're like one of the ambassadors now you're one of the legends you know you're, you're if there's a hall of fame for thrash metal you'd, you'd be in already like is that's something that must be you know again when you were 16 years old I, you know we've been we've been talking to a, a few legends from from this period and it's amazing how even though it's been 40 years the, the enthusiasm to matt's point is as if you were you just putting out your first record you know what i mean you sound just as excited as you probably did 40 years ago
2: as a band we've been through a lot you know we've Buried band members, you know, Um, been there along with Tom on his cancer diagnosis. We've been through like some hardcore drug addiction. We've been through a lot of shit and uh, we're still here. We're still alive and still happy and making super high quality heavy metal, you know. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to be super positive because I've survived a lot of self-inflicted gunshot wounds, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well come out, come you've come out stronger on the other end for it. Exactly. Where can people find you, Gary, on your socials learn learn more about cats and check out these shirts you
2: on my Instagram, just Gary Holt, I think, underscore official, some shit like that. Got it. <laughs> the record's out November 19th. Yes, November 19th. And you
1: still want to kill the Kardashians?
2: Yeah, you know, I that, that that's a misnomer. I don't really want to kill them. I just want I know <laughs> I want them to go away. Just go somewhere and count your money more. It's more of an indictment against like the tens and millions of people who are fascinated with their life. You know, go to a library. There's a lot more interesting things to do than follow them and uh, see what kind of makeup they're wearing. Yep. Agreed. (laughs) And now go ahead and kill them. Fuck it. (laughs) No, damn it. uh, not even Kanye. I don't. You know, the world's better with Kanye. I guess he's interesting. Makes me laugh at least. I think he just changed his
0: name. Yeah, he's now Yay. He's now yeah. He got rid. Of, he got rid of the K A N. Now he's just Yay. Yeah. There's no more con. It's just Yay.
2: Yay. I saw him as walking around wearing some weird Halloween mask nowadays.
0: <laughs> I think. I think now you should get rid of the G
1: A and just go by Re. Re. Yeah. Re. <laughs> yeah.
2: Ah. So, dumb. <laughs> so I'll figure something out. Maybe that's what's been holding me back. Too many too many letters. <laughs> Four
0: is too many. We got to get down to 2. Let's go. Exactly amazing well
1: listen we're gonna let you go thank you so much for coming on and um and i can't wait for this record to come out i can't wait for the for the tour to resume you know i will be there
2: right on
1: you know you know to come see me at the restaurants when you're in you know any of the cities that i operate in absolutely and uh i'm curious man next uh next writing session have me come up i'll I'll do the barbecue for a few days dude we'll do it we'll make you head up to the mountains Um, dude i would love it i would absolutely love that
2: yeah it's pretty amazing up there
1: bring we'll get a smoker we'll have some fun you got it brother all right brother thanks you so much appreciate it
2: all right so that was
1: awesome thank you everyone out there for listening to delirious nomads sponsored by blacklight media we will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest be sure to follow blacklight media on socials for new music and more and above all keep it heavy
0: jeremiah freights from the lumineers and modern family's julie bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist clergy or a tmz stringer so join us on too much effing perspective that's e-f-f-i-n-g perspective the only podcast you crank up to 11. hello tom may here host of future friday i've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band the menzingers where i've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people so i started a podcast